welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Ash, and I'm joined with two members of my firefighting family. we got Scott. Hey. And we have Todd. Hello. And we're going to kick off uh, with a little bit of news Scott's got for us. Yeah, from uh, August 6th, whatever day that is, a couple days ago, um, 17 missing dozen straight after lightning caused an explosion at the Cuban oil storage facility. So a uh, big, it was a, what's it called, a super tank facility? Super tanker. Hmm. Malazan? No, I don't know. I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> super, <laughs> anyways, it's a super tanker base. Uh, so these massive, uh, um, like, oil tanks. And one went up. 17 firefighters are currently missing. Presumed dead. Um, and 80 people are injured. 80 additional people are injured. Hmm. Yeah. So there's people, international help coming in. Um, they got a team of experts trying to figure out how to put the blaze out. It might already be out. This is a couple of days ago. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, pretty big. We got that big. Um, we got that big tanker, um, like tanks near uh, Hope. Yeah, there's yeah. a big tank farm there. Yeah, sure there is. Yeah, and right on the, right on the uh, highway. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would be bad if that ever went up. Yeah, yeah. The one worse is uh, Burnaby. Down by the uh, the highway there by Hastings. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's right in a subdivision area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be really bad. Much smaller scale, I saw today a video uh, floating around the internet of a uh, welding truck. I think it was on the I-5. Um, caught on fire, and then the tanks were all pop- popping off. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so yeah, you, she's you, yeah you, you can see all the engines that are staged quite a ways back. Because uh, yeah, I was... It was nuts. There was a news chopper that was taking some video of it. And, um, yeah, it looked it looked pretty impressive from a distance, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You can hear a rumbling in the background. It's our ice machine. We just yeah. got it fixed, finally. Yeah, so <laughs> now it's like doing it's all the ice. It gave too much ice the other day, didn't it? It, it, did. it gave us so much ice, it was like coming out, coming out the front door. <laughs> so, yeah, they had to drain it all out and go in there and fix the limit switch or whatever. So is it uh, is that good ice now we use? This is good ice. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, we're back, back in the ice, baby. Not Dang buying like peasants. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. Um. Beauty. So yeah. Yeah, show you news there. Um, so you guys, actually, we're, we're uh, a day late just because, and then even a little bit late to hit record tonight because uh, you both were doing some extra training. So what were you guys up to tonight? We yeah. were. Yeah, we have a group of... Uh group of kids um they're called the ambassadors so basically they um youth ambassadors youth, amb- youth, youth ambassadors yeah mm-hmm. um so there's a program they get together and um at the end of this season i guess three three of them get selected to kind of represent the town mm-hmm. but throughout the year or eight months or whatever it is um they kind of get to go do different things around town and learn new skills and um like they do speech writing and and public speaking and they learn like Dinner etiquette or something? Sure. Like what fork you use? Because it <laughs> basically like used to be like the old, like, uh, oh, I was the like princess royalty. or yeah, queen of Vesuvius and Oliver yeah. in particular yeah, yeah. and et cetera, right? So. Yeah, so this is more of an ambassador thing. So uh, rather than just teaching them kind of the, um, the, what the, the hoity-toity skills, the, the <laughs> yes, quark, yes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Hamptons, <laughs> Muffy Muffy. So rather than that, they um, they teach them like some life, life skills. skills, and so they uh, they ask us uh, to do some stuff. Um, 
so beginning of the season before it got too hot, we taught them some firefighting stuff. And yep. you taught them some stuff on uh, yeah the first bit was some nozzle hose handling. Yeah, um, et cetera, and then you came in and. I did a little kitchen fire demo with mm -hmm. uh, hot oil, and we did a fire extinguisher demo, or demo, and they got to do some fire extinguisher skills. Yeah. Nice. So tonight was planned. Um, in the past, they used to do like a kind of a basic self-defense course, but really, they didn't learn much because um, self-defense is an ongoing thing. You can, hey, here's five moves. And mm -hmm. You can train them for 20 minutes, and now you're going to be a ninja. Nope. That's how that works. <laughs> so, <laughs> So rather than that, um, teaching them kind of principles and, and some um, skills and hopefully they'll take with them, we, uh, Todd and I got together and decided to teach them Stop the Bleed and combine that with an active shooter uh, training. So we started off, and it was kind of, we only had two and a bit hours, so we mm -hmm. super modified the Stop the Bleed, which is actually quite quick. And even though it was kind of disjointed, yep. we, I think we covered everything. No, absolutely, yeah. So basically we just covered... Um, Kind of the basics, the key concepts of it, and why it's important, and um, the three major uh, uh, methods of it. Um, but also, you know, the the buy-in is is the training videos, right? Like just just from YouTube. But mm -hmm. uh, there's so much video content out there now. It actually it really helps with the Stop the Bleed program to show people how quickly um, you can be in a massive hemorrhagic shock. Yeah. So you know they were what. 14, 15 year old kids, we, you know, I asked because it was just like teacher that kind of had a handler. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, are they going to like watch this stuff? And she's like, yeah, they're all old enough. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we couldn't, we couldn't actually get on YouTube. So yeah, one of the kids typed his name and it's like, age restricted video. We're like, damn it. <laughs> so we had to get the one person to the teacher to actually type in hers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My computer is far, I could firewall from, and yeah. I can remember my yeah. password. So, um, <laughs> so she had to type it in. So of course we have the, um, the Iranian um, shooting video, which I think we showed on our Stop the Bleed. Yes, thing. we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Iranian shooting video where the guy gets shot in 38 seconds and he kind of passes out. Yeah. Um, we always show that one. That's a start just to get them uh, understanding what we mean when we say massive hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. um, and how rapid you can go down. And how quickly, yeah. So we showed them that. Um, we did have one, I think one girl step out. She just didn't want to be part of it, which is fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't really force people to do things. Your discretion to be advised. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, we, we said, hey, you know, we're going to be showing some actual videos of people bleeding. And um, I can tell right away because I started to talk just about bleeding and didn't even show the videos yet. And she was already like, oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, did that, showed that a couple videos. We showed that video. I think we showed the one with the officer applying a tourniquet. Yeah, the officer applying a tourniquet, um, and then how when he disconnected it, yeah, uh, how he put it in, twisted backwards, backwards yeah. so the velcro wouldn't adhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so there's blood all over him. He couldn't get it back on, right? So mm -hmm. um, longer tourniquet application. Yeah. yeah, and of course we showed the Mosul medic one with the wound packing, combined with tourniquet application and uh, pressure dressing. Mm -hmm. all three and the mountain biker and the mountain biker yeah. the mountain biker is a big one because one of the kids and I was actually kind of bugging the one kid because uh, I know him he's friends with my son I was like yeah this is uh, this one's for you because he mountain bikes all the time and he, and he lives up in the mountains yeah yeah and so he always comes ripping down he's, he's had some good spills <laughs> and the mountain biker one the, you know, the guy jams his wheel to the left and gets the um, uh, handlebar brake lever yeah brake lever handlebar, handlebar into his uh to his stomach area and it severs his femoral artery slash vein, whatever that one is. Mm -hmm. And uh, his buddies have to do direct pressure braced. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Yeah. That was a really good one because uh, it shows again how rapidly the heat, the biker went down and they all have body cameras, they all have cams. Yeah. Um, so it was all caught and then he starts pulling, you can see the blood soaking through his pants in his groin area and his hip. So he pulls his pants out and automatically you see this massive pool starting mm -hmm. right away. So uh, the other guy immediately starts start with the hand pressure, direct pressure, and then it's not enough pressure. They're talking about it. No, it's not enough. It's not enough. Throw a knee on it. Still not enough. And then the counter pressure, which is huge. And then it finally, and you can hear him. He's like, oh, like it's hurting him, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, it just shows how much pressure you actually need sometimes to stop these bleeds. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so we had, you know, really showing that is important because, you know, people see the movies and I even said, you know, you'll see the movies where the guy puts his, gets his puts his hand on his arm and just holds it there and yeah, it stops two yeah. minutes later it's like no that's not the way it works well and it's, it's the buy-in it's not just shootings and stabbings but everybody thinks yeah. it's about right this is real life stuff this is a, you're out mountain biking right mm -hmm. uh, you're in a car accident you're whatever the scenario may be right mm -hmm. um, yeah so it's super important to show them that this is relatable to all life skills yeah, then we went outside, did the blood demo like we always do with some soap. Uh, didn't have enough food coloring, so the soap, the blood was a little bit... Uh, pinkish. A little bit pinkish. <laughs> pinkish that smelled like grapefruits, because we use soap. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was like, that ah, blood does not sm normally smell like grapefruits. <laughs> it smells <laughs> like copper. <laughs> and I really like the blood demo, because it, it, uh, it breaks down just that visual effect of yeah. how much blood loss you actually have versus to what it looks like on the ground, sure. right? Yeah. And the blood demo, that's not in Stop the Bleed, that was just something we I saw mm -hmm. on uh, Special Forces guys doing it once. Mm -hmm. But it really does that, it gets that visual. Yes. No, I, I really yeah. like it. So we did the blood demo and we combined it with, um, um, we, then we did the wound packing outside with a bunch of, uh, Todd's got the um, auto, not, not auto clot, what's that stuff called? A quick clot. Quick clot. No, 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 not quick clot. Not, not the, um, True. Which is, oh, true clot. True clot, which is like a yeah, it's a it's a training agent for. Um, it basically turns a, you do it with a water solution and it turns it red and it'll actually clot with certain gauze. Yeah, it really looks like blood when it's yeah. Kind of like yeah, real nice blood color. Yeah. So yeah, we did all that and then uh, kind of to tie it all together. Like, hey, why are we doing this? Um, went back in the classroom. Was we were in, we were in the school, and then we started talking about um, active shooter. So, I didn't like. There's lots of videos, but I'm like, eh. first of all, we run out of time. Secondly, I'm like, eh, it was pretty traumatic video stuff, and um, so I just gave the talk on on active shooter and um, you know through my other work because we teach it all the time and basically explain the uh, even though every active shooter is slightly different, their mentality is very similar. Like, an active shooter wants to kill as many people, or actually an active lethal threat. It's not necessarily a shooter. Yeah, we got a, st a knife or, or uh, even a truck, like driving down, running people over. Mm -hmm. um, try to kill as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time. Basically, that's the definition. Mm -hmm. um, so, <coughs> I was, you know, I was talking about lockdown versus um, the run hide fight stuff. So, a lockdown is great when the threat is external. So, they, you know, they, the shooter's outside, because uh, if you look at the Uvalde school shooting, that recent one, the shooter actually crashed, crashed his truck outside in the ditch, got out with his AR-15, started shooting at the um, some funeral home workers which went over to help him because they thought he was just a car crash. So they ran and then he walked towards the school and managed to get in. Um, there's a debate whether the one of the teachers left the door unlocked or if it was just unlocked or whatever. So he managed to get in and once he was inside, they did their lockdown drill, which everybody locks down, locks into a room. Um, and now they're kind of like fish in a barrel kind of stuff. 
And it's, I think one of the classrooms, either the door wasn't closed or it wasn't locked. So that he went in there and was kind of left to his own devices to kill a bunch of people, a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really good video from Mike Glover on Fieldcraft Survival. He did like an hour and a half um, breakdown of it. And he gets super worked up because he's watching the police response. And it was like terrible. Like it was like the worst police response in the world. Mm. And there was like two guy, one guy trying to push the fight and, and no one was helping him. And then everything kind of slowed right down. And the momentum slowed down for the unit. And there was just what was it? And then an hour and a half later, they decided to storm the room. Um, obviously, when you're shot, an hour and a half takes, is, is not good for your wound or bleeding control. Um, so we talked about, anyways, so we talked about that. We talked about. Um, so what happens if the shooter actually gets into the building? Um, run, hide, fight is a good option. It's probably one of the better options. So right away, get run away. Um, the school we're at is actually great because it's, um, no, not the room we were in, but the other rooms are all like exit, exit to the outside. Right. Like they have an entrance in the hallway and an exit to the outside. It's like mm -hmm. perfect active shooter. Like if you're going to mitigate the threat, just run. Um, worked out well because the room we were in was actually, you're not able to run. <coughs> Effectively, like, they could have ran out the side door or something, but not able to really run. So um, we talked about uh, the hide. The teacher actually had the hide down really good. She, uh, she said, no, uh, that was actually her classroom we were in. Mm -hmm. She said, yeah, uh, I would lock the door. I have a little blind that I pull over the door. I lock it, and we all hide. I'm like, perfect. And she even said, uh, or no, so, so we're talking about that. I said, yeah, this is actually a really good door because it's, it's an outswing door. And most of the, I know most of the classroom doors in there are outswing doors, which mm -hmm. is good. Because an outswing door, it's way harder to, like, you can't kick it in. Sure. It's an outswing door. Yeah. So if it's locked, they were saying, like, really the only way to breach a locked door that swings out is probably, like, some sort of breaching tool, mm -hmm. which the shooter's probably not going to have, unless no. it starts blasting the lock off of the thing. Sure. But really, most shooters, like I said, they're both, they're really, like, easy to tell. Like, they, if they run into a locked door, they're looking for the easiest targets. So they're not going to on. Yeah. yeah. Unless they're literally targeting an individual, they're just going to move on to the next <coughs> easiest prey. Right. right. So, we, so then we talked about, okay, now what happens if the door is locked? Okay, so now the fight portion. And that's kind of the fun portion for them. Um, my shoulder still hurts a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I put some, uh, put some gear on. Uh, Todd and I walked them through, like, what happens when a shooter comes through a door. Typically, they're not coming through the door all tactical style because they're they're expecting a soft target. They're, they're the reason why they're hitting a school or a church or whatever. They're expecting a soft target. They're not expecting people to fight back, so they're not coming through covering their angles and stuff. Um, basically, they come through with their muzzle first, just start shooting. So we were training them how to set up an ambush. Um, <laughs> basically, we we're talking about this the other day at work. Like the hide phase of run hide fight is not the hot not hiding. It should actually be ambush, like setting up an ambush. Crap. Yeah. Like getting ready for the ambush, not just hiding and waiting. It should be like, hey, I'm you know this hiding portion of me setting up an ambush. So uh, the ambush is uh, pick a side of the door to stay on. This one was pretty obvious because we only had the one side. Mm -hmm. um, stay tight to the corner. Um, have like three or four people line up, mm -hmm. uh, and then have other people either in the room in the back corner hiding behind um, a bunch of heavy furniture and stuff. Yeah. We had, there was a piano there, a bunch of music stands. We were in the music room. Um, when the shooter comes through, those people in the back corner start hucking stuff at them mm -hmm. um, just for distraction's sake. And they might crack off a round or two, but, um, and then that distracts them in time. Now the um, people that are laying an ambush on the side are gonna um, push through. First person grabs a muzzle of the gun and literally their whole job is just to bear hug, like just hug that muzzle of that gun, force it to the ground. And then the second person takes the legs out, just like low tackle the legs, mm -hmm. and drives them to the ground. Third person can either take head control or as they go to the ground, 
um, take a stapler or take a we- whatever weapon you have and just start bashing the person's brains in literally. Yeah. And these like these are like 15 year old kids. They're all like, whoa. <laughs> they're kind of like, what? I'm like, yeah, just take the stapler and start smashing. Like just beat them to death. <laughs> they're just like, oh. which they were not doing too. Yeah, they were definitely <laughs> not. They were gently tapping. Yeah, they were being like. <laughs> <laughs> Todd's like, hit him harder! <laughs> I, like, I, I had gear on. It was like, yeah. Um, but even that, like, just that little bit of, because uh, I was actually trying, like, once they grabbed my gun, I was actually trying to pull it, take it away because I had a rifle with me, like a fake rifle. But it was a real, like a realistic rifle. It was a training rifle. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to take it back. And even, like, the little littlest kids are, like, they were holding on. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking trying to rip, like, take the gun back to shoot one of them. And then uh, the other one takes my legs out. It was like, Pretty effective. It was really easy. Yeah. If more people knew how to do it, there'd be. I swear mm-hmm. there'd be less shootings. Well, there'd probably be the same amount of shooting. There'd be less people dying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's super beneficial. Like I really liked how you, you taught them to to line up and plan that ambush, right? Like and just how to control the control the weapon and then take the knees mm-hmm. out and then just yeah. start dogpiling them, hitting them and holding them down. Take that weapon away, control it, because then yeah, more more people power in numbers at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and you just, just know you have to fight. No, it's time to fight. It's not time to hide anymore. Yeah, so I said to the kids, I said, this is your one, this is your This is your chance. This is your the one time in your life you are fighting for your life yeah. mm-hmm. right now. So, You know, and, and we had this discussion the other day at work, too. We were talking about how if we teach um, some of the office workers that work with us um, this stuff, um, give, it was a debate, like, should we make it mandatory that they have to get physically involved, or do we say, no, um, some of you can watch, some of you, but those of you that want to become physically involved, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the end, we decided, yeah, the ones that want to become, like, don't make them do it. Mm-hmm. Offer it. Because it was better to actually know the ones that, if they're, like, out, they're like, no, I don't want to be involved, then you know when the time comes. They're, they're not going to be the ones lining up to help yeah. with the ambush. They're going to be the ones hiding behind the furniture, hawking stuff. Well, maybe not even hawking stuff. Hiding behind the furniture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you actually, you want to separate them now <laughs> so yes. when a time comes you're like okay i know who i need i need these people here mm-hmm. to push the fight so right yeah i think that's like super key yeah. um and with everything that we're being taught in schools now you know nowadays um sadly it is becoming more commonplace for these events to happen mm. so you know breaking that down having guys like yourself that put put that on um you know, having maybe like that as part of your curriculum or every year. Yeah. Um, at the young ages, you do a little bit. And as, as you grow, um, you keep layering on more and more. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, how do you stop it? Uh, they always say, oh, you could do this at the door. You could have armed guards on, on scene. Well, how about we actually like start arming our, like, like mentally arming our kids right. on how to not defuse, but how to like help stop the that guy like stop the threat right. from progressing. Yeah, yeah, because we're two and a two and a bit hours. I think we were there. Yeah, and within that little amount of time, we taught stop the bleed and and how to fight an active shooter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, imagine if we had three hours of all the yeah. stuff we could have done. Um, yeah, and it uh, there's a lot of good questions, you know, about it, especially even with the stop the bleed portion. Uh, a lot of the good questions came out from the kids as far as, you know, like, um, you know, what can you use to put on a wound? There's good questions about tourniquets and yeah. things like that. And and then it's always fun uh, getting them all to try them on because, like, we teach that it 
hurts. It's not a comfortable yeah. thing. And they, yeah, he's still got some marks. <laughs> 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 For sure. So it's, it's always fun watching put it on, then put it on each other. and Yeah, and they're all squealing and screaming. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we put it on until it hurts. Like, we want them to feel like mm-hmm. the pain. Sure. Like one of them was like, oh my God, like, I'm like, yeah, now two hours later, that's going to come off. Yeah. Four hours later. Or eight hours later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't even sit for thirty seconds. I'm like, oh, better than that, let me dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was a really good course. I uh, always enjoyed teaching it to the kids. Uh, and then we had discussion too, like you know, these are things that the schools need to be planning um, for their first aid kits in the classrooms and their mm-hmm. kits that they take out on their little um, excursions and field excursions trips. and stuff, right? Is to have the more the stop the bleed style kit, not just a generic first aid kit. Yeah. Um, the, the stop the bleed stuff has cuts and small scrapes are one packs. thing, but yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. They have small little packs with multiple tourniquets in them, right? So they can be uh, delegated out a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So There's an interesting discussion. I was talking to one of our instructors from my other office, and uh, he said, "Yeah, we were having a meeting, and they were discussing active shooter training, and, and the one person said, well why do we need active shooter training? Because it doesn't really happen here. And he goes, well, because it's dangerous. And he goes, well, we don't, because like, in, in BC there's a thing called the Great Shakeout, which is right, an yeah. earthquake thing, right? Yeah. He says, well, he goes, we have this thing, this earthquake drill that we do. He goes, but really, who's affected by the earthquakes in BC? Like, there's, like, the coastline, basically. He goes, interior, where we live, he's like, there's never been a, a catastrophic earthquake here. <laughs> And there probably will never be one. Like, because we're not on a fault line. Whereas yeah. the coast is on a fault line, right? It's on the ring of fire. But we still do it for everybody. Right. And he says, eh. He goes, okay, let's take it one another step further. Like, we, we have fire drills. Because when is there not, when is it being a fire, when is there being a uh, fire in, in this side of office building that we're in? And, well, he's like, never. Mm-hmm. And then he took it one step there. When is there being a fatal fire in an office building? <laughs> Like, even in, like, during the daytime, like, maybe at night and stuff, but, like, really, when has there been a fatal mm-hmm. fire in an office building? And, like, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't like, know. I don't think there's been a fatal fire in a school since, like, the 30s. Yeah. <laughs> but we still do fire drills and all that stuff. That's right. But this person was, like, adamant. Like, they're like, nope. Um, fires are more dangerous than active shooters. Like, no. <laughs> and because we haven't had one, well, yes, right now it is more safe here because like, we've, but again, we couldn't find. There hasn't been a fatal fire since the thirties. Mm-hmm. Some people like just they just wanna. They don't want to think that way. They don't want to think that there's evil people mm-hmm. running around. They think that oh everything will sort itself out. No, you have to be ready. No, absolutely. It's another adjunct of being ready, right? Yeah. Like I said, it's the same thing as <clears throat> these uh, these earthquakes and having a, a seventy-two hour kit in your in your home for your family. Well, have a good trauma kit, right? Yeah. Have tourniquets. Have all that stuff yeah. for your family as well. Yeah, so I don't know. It was a good course. Hopefully, we can uh, do it again and uh, maybe expand it to some of the other mm-hmm. schools. And mm-hmm. like, I even think like just office buildings, just going to like a doctor's office or something. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People that. Okay. Yeah, office building banks. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Businesses right. like yours. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Teach yeah. them stop the bleeding. Teach them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often active shooter comes in. <laughs> It's the wrong auto part. You saw me the wrong tires or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you guys get pretty irate, but <laughs> pulling out a gun or something. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <Texas. laughs> 
Yeah, I know. It went really well. Again, it's nice. always fun uh, teaching that group of kids. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, sounds like life is fun. Uh, hopefully, get up and do a little more of that. Uh, also, as we spoke uh, last week, uh, we still have our active wildfire in our area. Um, we currently have still a water tender with a couple people on it. Uh, sounds like some conditions have been a little more favorable, so we're not sure what that's going to look like for uh, how much longer for us. Uh, definitely, there will still be uh, active fire for uh, a lot of time to come, but uh, it's definitely moving away from structures, which is which is good. Um, but the last week got a little spicy as they uh, coined over the last mm-hmm. deployment or two. Um, and we actually saw Todd, you guys got out uh, for a couple of nights, which I mean, daytime versus nighttime, nighttime always appears so, so much more dramatic. Because uh, oh, I mean, you can see um, <clears throat> you, you can see just so much more of the fire, uh, which during the daytime, you, you look up and there's fire and there's smoke and everything, and it looks big. But at nighttime, you're seeing the glow from everything. So I mean, yeah. I, I love nighttime wildland firefighting it is awesome the night ops is always a blast like i said it's a it's something sexy about the the whole mountainside all these fires and when a tree candles and you sit back and watch it and Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty amazing um but it changes everything too operationally right sure it does yeah um but yeah no it was uh it was good so we went out there so now actually the fire where they're saying that 6800 hectares now right um and so Thursday night, we got the first call. We got the call from mutual aid uh, from the neighboring community, the Carmias Fire Department. And I sent another community responded to assist them because mm-hmm. uh, they had all their resources out. Uh, yeah. They were requested from forestry again for structure protection. So we got sent there. We were um, in staging for the first little bit. But as, we were, as we we're rounding the corner, you know, on the highway, we still had another good 15 minutes to drive at mm-hmm. least. And you could just see the glow of the valley sure. and everything. So that's just... Of course, everybody got all wrapped up. Yes, there we go. Yeah. And we get there like, oh, yeah, go report to staging. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> all the wind gets out you of your sail, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, jump in the fire. <laughs> sat in staging for a little Drive bit. staging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not super sexy at first. But. Yeah, so we were in our engine. Um, so hung out staging with uh, one of the other uh, engines. Um, and it sounded as we got the report from where the fire was and where command was and staging and what comms and stuff were on uh, it sounded like there was still a ton of apparatus out mm-hmm. and patrolling all over the place and that was the first time we'd been out there so we were just kind of this uh, kind of the southeast or southwest corner rather of the fire that was in an evacuation ordered area of Olala mm-hmm. yeah um, so they had all the residents were evacuated. Uh, we were doing patrols along the highway for hot spots and spot fires um, on the north side of the highway, and then also looking for some spot fires on the on the south. Mm-hmm. That southeastern, there was a few spot fires that were starting. Uh, they're about ten by ten. Some were reported up by one of the other lakes, um, by another kind of staging area mm-hmm. uh, that some other departments were actioning as well through right. the night. Uh, very steep terrain, very unpredictable winds. Uh, mm-hmm. We had like 30, 40 kilometer hour winds that night. Yeah, well, uh, the name of the one town is in uh, in uh, like the native language. It means like the place of three winds. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like winds blowing every which angle. Oh, that, it did it that night. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think it's which done that? every night. Yeah. Caribbean? Caribbean, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so it, it was pretty pretty interesting to see. Um, not a lot of smoke uh, right by us, and that night, of course, you can see exactly where the fire lines are, sure. which is another super fun aspect of yeah. nighttime ops. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, did a little bit of patrolling, uh, put out some spot fires, relieved some of the other crews that were out there mopping up and stuff. So we did some mop up around a couple of uh, mm -hmm. ranches. Um, and that was kind of it. Then the weather, they're expecting a cold front come in, so they released everybody. And then... Um, the cold front never came, did it? <laughs> I don't know if it actually came. Yeah. Uh, the winds died down a little bit, so we all got released. Um, and then we got sent back out the next day at uh, like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Yeah, because they were expecting another high winds. Back to the same same area? Same area, yeah. Um, so this little bit further west, so right in the community of Wallala now, mm -hmm. um, at a staging area. So um, all the units were there. Their command post was there. And then we just started doing um, uh, bump and run patrols of the yeah. highway and long structures. Tons of structure protection stuff set up. There is sprinkler systems on Everywhere. everything yeah, down nice. there. There's so many bladders, so many tanks, so many um, these massive, I don't know what they call them, those big steel um, cisterns. Cisterns, cisterns yeah. yeah. They're everywhere down yeah. there. So there's fucking water everywhere. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it helps too because we don't have a lot of big fires burning right now. No. So a lot of the resources can get dumped into one big fire. Yeah. And it shows what we can do when we have like that amount of resources. Yeah, we started getting big fires that we had last year, and it's like, oh, the resources. Really yeah, you get two fire. helicopters, not twelve. Yeah, there's choppers flying. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, right now our our right by our hall here is our is the uh, fire base. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we must have what eight helicopters parked over here, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, at least yeah. So all day long, again, sounds like Vietnam. Mm -hmm. All of it. you don't actually notice it anymore. Just <laughs> yeah, you've kind of tuned tuned it out. Yeah, right? I remember. I remember yeah. back when, I, like, I don't know when this place started becoming really a fire camp because it's, it's kind of almost every year now. If yeah. there's a fire anywhere near us, it's like this place is a fire This camp. is what they use, yeah. And I remember when it first was like, oh, look at that helicopter. Oh, helicopter. Oh, helicopter. Now it's like, stupid helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> don't even drive like, by. some cool-ass helicopter comes in it's not even worth looking. <laughs> yeah, like the big Swarovski or whatever they call them. The yeah. 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 Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had a couple uh really cool some big Russian ones I can't remember the name of them now but no it was, oh. it was a different one uh, it was this weird single or uh, dual rotor oh yeah, yeah. oh and, yeah yeah, yeah. Know, pretty neat looking mm -hmm. but, yeah so that was that was our first night uh, so second day um, similar thing just started patrolling like I mentioned again for some spot fires we did a little bit of that then we got retasked to uh, find a water source and we actually had to create a bit of a dam for our suction Right, because uh, they're really focusing on filling this, these big ten thousand gallon cisterns. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had to create a dam. So we took some plywood from the neighboring homeowner who was more than willing to help us, um, and some two by fours, butted it up against the uh, culvert, uh, massive culvert that mm -hmm. was under the highway, um, and it worked. And Todd flooded, flooded the roads. Oh, we got a call. I got a phone call. Oh, back. Yeah. Shall we pause? Sure. <laughs> All right, we're back. We are. We are back. Cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. FR call cancelled. Yeah. Perfect. Leroy Jenkins got picked up on the. Uh, I think we heard some Leroy, Leroy Jenkins there. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that comes out in uh, post. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so Todd, yeah, you were just talking about uh, having to, to make a bit of a makeshift dam. We did. So we borrowed some lumber, like I said, from a, a neighboring homeowner there. 
Uh, so we started with a couple of sheets of uh, plywood. Um, worked really well, and it was hilarious because as soon as the boys dropped it in a place and threw some rocks up against it in our, in our tarp, instantly starts filling right up. The up. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't, doesn't flood high, but right up to the nuts instantly. So there's. Yeah. Poor guys were soaked immediately. Um, but it came up so fast, we didn't have a lot of time to throw a bunch more boulders in there to yeah. hold everything down. So, of course, 15 minutes later, the pressure built up and poof, burst. And oh, down. Blow, did it blow your 2x4? Uh, oh, yeah, blow, your... blow the plywood. Oh, yeah. Everything went ripping down through the culvert, and, and uh, the tarp went down through the culvert, so the guys had to hike down and grab it. Yeah. So then we went back to the homeowner and said, hey, you know, do you mind... Can we borrow some two by fours as well and uh, start cutting things yeah. up? He's like, absolutely. So, one of our guys went up with him and they reinforced these all these boards and made the thing rock star. Mm-hmm. Dropped into the place and then we had a wicked four foot dam uh, with a real nice pool of water instantly. So, we dropped the plywood in, threw some boulders at the base of it. It was butted right up against the um, culvert and then threw our tarp in uh, and then some rocks on our tarp as well to hold all the Sweet. all the cracks and it worked super well. Awesome. Yeah, really, really fast. Um, tons of water for our our four inch uh, hard suction to go in, and where you go. Great, nice. Yeah, yeah you know that that's such a weird little community there, um, and you know I was looking at, I've, we've all you know driven through there a ton. Um, a coworker of mine lives there, um, and she was having a bit of a breakdown, just like. Like, when you don't know, she's like, oh, my God, like, we're getting evac Like, what do we do? And, like, first thing, you always try to be like, hey, like, there's a lot of a- apparatus out there. You guys are going to be fine. Um, you know, things do happen, but there is a lot of people there working. Um, and they are on the south side of the highway as well. So, I mean, that's also a, a big positive. But there's yeah. so many clumps of, like, heavy timber trees in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like... There's a lot of really old mobile homes, mm-hmm. and then intermixed with some newer age homes as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's quite a shit shit mix of properties in there, but a lot of trees. There's a lot of tim. There's a lot of timber in there, mm-hmm. and like when you're getting these spot fires that are picking up from ember showers, I mean there's tons of opportunity for for places like that. Even though there's a massive highway as a break and 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 like you're not expecting it to transfer over from tree to tree uh the biggest thing in, in that community is going to be ember showers yeah absolutely yeah there's uh wasn't a lot of embers when we were kind of cruising around there's there some small ash mm-hmm. falling but nothing like we see in the past with the embers mm-hmm. um i think if we would have had some major wind changes uh, in the daytime hours then then that yeah. was that was kind of the plan so once we we got that uh, water source set. Um, no longer did we do, do that. We were there for about five hours, then we got everybody got sent back. Yeah. Because uh, they basically said, okay, things are slowing down. We're expecting winds again later on uh, tonight. So if we want everybody gone home and fresh guys back for the entire yeah. night. So we all got uh, uh, demobbed and, and sent back home. Um, and then, yeah, basically from there, they just uh, hunkered down and kept doing their patrols. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, definitely creating some spot fires. Uh, we haven't been uh, back out there since the Friday, it was? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, Thursday. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a couple of days. Like I was saying at the start, this is, uh, it's definitely moving favorably away from mm-hmm. um, from the structures. Um, that being said, there is, uh, 
there's another community right down the way um, that they do expect it kind of the way that it, it, it is traveling uh, to kind of wrap around the upper bench up That's here right. in Karameas as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, we're probably going to get some reprieve from the fire line, uh, but by no means is this fire over. No, uh, It's just out of one community heading towards another now. Um, yeah. Like when everything kicked off, the big concern was Apex Mountain Ski Area. Yeah. And they're still evac so yeah. no one can, can get up there. Um, I think a lot of people were getting a little, like, hey, this is, like, we're so far away from Apex now. Like, why why are we not allowed back up there? Like, what's going on? Um, so two reasons. Obviously, fire can change and shift and winds and, and all that stuff. There's still high um, probability that it could shift and come back. Mm -hmm. uh, and B, they shared a photo the other day. And in, in this photo, there's fire trucks and bladders and sprinkler protection ran everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't bring a community back no. when things are set up like that. Like, there's a reason why it's only, um, like, firefighters there. Um, so I think Apex is still going to be a, a little ways away before they allow people back up there full. Mm -hmm. um, I think just the nature of where it is, egress and everything else. Um, but I, I, I can see that uh, lower area. Uh, like, right now, the highway's closed, so um, it's not the only way out, but it's the the major route leaving our, our area heading towards Vancouver that's not going north, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a well-traveled route. Um, and then those couple properties, uh, well, I guess those couple hundred uh, properties in there. Uh, right. I, I feel that'll probably open up a little, like a lot sooner than Apex would. And that's what they were kind of talking about as well. So <clears throat> originally when it kind of started up near Green Mountain Road area, like like that place they mentioned now, it's a lot cooler than it was. Like, mm -hmm. they, they, they've been working these, the black area there for so long. Yeah, and uh, mopping up, uh, so it's looking way more controlled. So the mm -hmm. threat is very minimal now. Yeah. So I think they started lifting some of the orders there, going back to alerts for right. some properties yeah. along some of those roads. Um, but also some of those other areas that you know fairly recently burned. Mm -hmm. um, even though the black, as soon as that wind picked up, they're getting open flame back. Sure they were. Um, yeah. So that was the big concern why they kept having us come back, mm -hmm. uh, or well us and all the other departments. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, I think it's it's definitely far from over. Um, this is this is still got a long ways to go, but um, I think if it starts pushing back down towards that upper bench area of the other community, mm -hmm. then we could see some more um, possible deployments. Of yeah, a lot, a lot more action coming yeah. our way. Uh, we definitely have a lot of assistance from all over the province. There is. Um, uh, yeah, driving around, um, you know, you see shift shift change. Um, apparatus coming and going um, mm -hmm. like our airport where the fire camp is is jam-packed mm -hmm. um, and it's awesome to see like it's it's neat from our side seeing this um, all, all, all the extra assistance that's in uh, tons of heavy equipment out there um, one of my good buddies uh, they own a company uh, so they're out there working uh, so I'm seeing updates from them in the heavy equipment side uh, that's really really impressive they're out there cutting line and uh, putting roads to places where there weren't roads before yeah. uh, so those guys are out there working hard long long hours um, so it's such a big wheel to keep everything moving um, not being so directly involved like we were last year for the Incomy fire it's just cool to kind of see some of the ops uh, without being so directly involved as well mm. yeah 
Yeah, a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was funny on Facebook. I was watching, I was reading um, people that got evacuated. They're checking their ring. Yeah. Phones and stuff. Right away, they're like, oh, the looting, is, the looting has started. People are stealing our gas cans and stuff. <laughs> and what it was was firefighters. Um, like jackpotting, like they're taking the stuff away from, like fire spreading their yeah, property. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, oh my god, they're stealing all our stuff. It's like, mm. all these guys wearing like red and yellow shirts. So. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. And they were like, oh, it wasn't the firefighters. And there's like a bit picture one you could totally see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't red and yellow because those cameras are usually like black and white, black or, and white. or or yeah. at night they're like night vision kind of cameras. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are these thieves wearing helmets? Yeah, why are they wearing helmets? I was giving them a bike. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was think I was thinking about today. So we practice every week, and we've got our training facility over on the airport. Yeah. Um, a large portion of our training facility has been uh, <laughs> helicopter landings over uh, there. Uh, yeah, helicopter landing zone. Um, our lower section is not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're gonna be barreling on through there on Thursday. <laughs> like, oh, hey guys, <laughs> yeah. nothing to see here. We may or may not be training over there this uh, week. Um, you are. Yeah, we oh, absolutely are. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's not a secret. <laughs> Our guys are always like, so what are we doing this week? What are we doing? Um, yeah, some sometimes we like to spring it on them. Other times not. But yeah, we're going to be down there doing some more um, AutoX work. Uh, a little more hands-on, again, team-oriented this time, I think. Um, like mini yeah. I think. Yeah, and then we're going to be doing some um, task force operations. Mm-hmm. Um, just honing our skills on uh, just really getting the um, structural protection like getting that because our tender is the one that has the two portable t- um, each tender has a couple pumps on it yeah so really getting the tender to get there right behind the engine engine to set up kind of that initial attack slash protection lines and then uh, get the tender to drop its tank and <coughs> portable pump and its lines or you transition the lines over mm-hmm. and uh, get the engine back um, for bump and run operations. Mm-hmm. So get it mobile yeah. and basically anchor, make an anchor point out of those portable tanks. So really getting that honed in and uh, understanding the concepts of what the bush truck, especially the side-by-side, what, it, what its capabilities are. We've been yeah, using that sure. thing. Um, <coughs> it's it, Yeah, we used it last night. Um, had, a, had an FR call actually on, um, mm-hmm. on our hike and bike trail. Yeah. Um, man down. Um, traumatic, traumatic injuries. injury, man. Came in as traumatic yeah. injuries. Um, it's kind of weird because FR at night, as you can probably hear from what just happened there, um, mm-hmm. it's actually slightly different page out. So it goes, it's a nighttime FR call to keep our members kind of fresh. Um, only four of us go out and it's a crew that we designate for the week. Um, so last night it came in and it was later. So it was definitely like an after hours call. Mm-hmm. But since I'm the duty officer this week, the way the call, the nature of the call was weird because it was like, there's a man down, traumatic injuries, on the river, hike and bike area, or they, they call it the... The, the old the, rail trail. Yeah, the old rail trail. <laughs> like, okay. So we all know where that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the description was one kilometer uh, north of the park. Mm. And it's like, okay, so to me, I'm like, okay, some people's one kilometer is like five kilometers. Yeah. Um, and which park? Well, they said what park it was. Oh, okay. So it's like, okay. So... We kind of have a starting point, but we don't really have an end point. So um, what we did, actually a lot of it was based on that last scenario we did. Yeah. Um, I grabbed a duty truck, grabbed one member that I actually found on the side of the road. <laughs> you know, he saw me parked, trying to figure out where we were, and he pulled in and jumped in the truck with me. So 
uh, him and I, we ripped uh, north to the one point where we can access the river, and I called, uh, I called the base to send the Sabaset up from the south, and then I called for another truck to come from the north as well. Um, so a lot more response than we normally get to for an FR call, but just the nature of it was weird because it was like, it wasn't a confirm like no one really knew where this was, mm. and no one really knew what the injuries were, and maybe it was pinned or something. And yeah. So it kind of, it was more of a rescue call to me than, a, than just an FR call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, right. So yeah, we came, uh, so we kind of triangulated, came down on both sides, um, side by side, got there just, just behind the ambulance, I think. Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and a package and got up and took him to the hospital. Yeah, I think that uh, sort of new SOG or whatever that we're that we're that we kind of worked on after the the sim, um, I think it's going to work out really well. Um, you know, the northbound entrance is quite a ways away, mm. um, but again, like you have somebody calling in. I don't know. I'm like a kilometer away from the park. Mm. Sounds great, but I mean, there's a huge span in there, and mm. when when you're in the moment, like what's a kilometer to a panic caller potentially mm. right you have no idea you know and it's it's crazy like what that distance is because in reality those people are probably 200 meters away from the park yeah they, they it was crazy close yeah. yeah yeah it was really close um because yeah like by the time so you got on scene by going uh north and north down entrance so i really went about five kilometers out of my way <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. which is fine yeah, yeah. So it definitely worked um but if they weren't there they were there if they were you know, further further up mm -hmm. we would have got them first yeah you know i was already thinking with you going so i was actually covering scott for a bit because you were at the movie with yeah. half of the other department apparently was yeah I was sitting down in the movie theater <laughs> watching thor and i looked over and i'm like oh, there's the deputy chief and there's the deputy chief's son who's now also in the department and i'm like oh there's one of our captains and i'm like well this is going well and i literally <laughs> said well we're gonna get a call <laughs> and it's actually right at the end yeah didn't see the end credit cutscenes, but <laughs> got to see two of the credits at least. Yeah, but it's funny because I have my youngest son with me, and I'm literally like one of the firewives is there. I'm like, hey, if this goes, if we get a call, which we will. Yeah, absolutely. Like, can you come over and sit with you? She's like, oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's literally what happened. Yeah. That is how we plan things. That's how we plan things. Yeah, we have to yeah, plan pretty things. much. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was already grabbing the radio to answer, and then you came over the radio, and just by the nature of how it came in, I'm like. Yeah, fuck that. I'm going. <laughs> so cruise on down here, and like you made the call of, like let's send the side by side with, you know, one way the bush truck with the other. So I'm thinking in my mind, we'll see how how many extra people that we get. Are we actually gonna get, like, are we filling these things or is it, are we gonna do like like three and three or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. but luckily, we did have enough people. And generally, I find on those kind of calls. Guys like, figure it out. If it's af after yeah. hours as well, like guys figure it out. Like, like I was gonna do a general. I was yeah. like, ah, let's see what happens. Let's yeah. see what happens during the next few minutes. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you got people's interest kind of peaked a bit there, and um, I think you, you get. Oh, Jesus Christ! That's a real one. Propane <laughs> leak. Yeah, that is real. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good night. Stay safe. Stay GTFF. We'll get to next time.